here's your host, Alex Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready? I know I am. Hey, I'm Alex Garrett, your host for this episode and everything Alex Garrett Podcasting. And this podcast specifically focuses on topics that should be trending. And, well, you know what they say, right? Oh, if the shoe fits, where is it? Well, that line means so much to me. Find out why next on Alaska Podcasting, where we wear that shoe proudly. Even into a CVS. Good evening, everybody. I'm Alexander Garrett. And, uh, yes, into the CVS tonight. I had to get a headset because I wasn't sure if I lost mine. Anyway, I found it. But, uh, no, here on Alaska Podcasting, it's the first night of fall. I'm so excited. Like, when you think of the pandemic, you think, well, are we going to see the fall? Are we going to even see hockey? What are we going to see? Well, we were able to see a lot over the last couple of months, believe it or not. Um, but tonight I was in CVS rollerblading there to get a headset. Took a picture in front of the ho- you know, the fall festival stuff, and I'm excited. Fall is my m- season because I was on October baby. Dan Hansen, he's on the line with me. He is an EP with the Islanders. I just mentioned them a couple minutes ago. Uh, Dan, you are EP. What month were you born? You weren't born in the fall, were you? No, uh, I was born in, uh, on May 28th. I, uh, Memorial Day guy. Cause Memorial it's, it's interesting. I always feel like the season you're born in, you relate to sports wise the most, right? So if you're born in May, you're a baseball guy, but you are an Islander fan through and through. In fact, you work with the Islanders and the Islanders broadcast team at WRHU, which is Hofstra university. And why I'm having you on tonight is because I saw your story and how you've been on this journey it really has been a year-long journey. It's crazy to think about it. But, Dan, take us to your role um, and how you've become grown in WRHU before we start on the fun details of things. Well, I mean, more than just this past year, I've been fortunate enough to uh, to work at RHU for pretty much the past six years. One of the those years, I was the Islanders producer, which meant I, you know, essentially you know, put together the broadcast, make sure they went on the air, made features, interviewed players, you know, put the uh, engineered all, all the all that good stuff but uh, over the past year um being that you know i was in grad school i graduated in 2018 undergrad but i graduated with my mba this past year um i more so like kind of filled in the last couple of years and you know was there you know kind of need be uh some you know there was a short staff or something something like that and obviously in this pandemic that was sort of the case because nobody was really allowed to be here uh or you know and again of course the social distancing rules are in effect but um yeah so th- for this past playoff run i was uh i engineered did updates and you know produced a couple times also uh over the stretch of it and it was it was uh truly unique uh, you know during this playoff run but it was uh you know it was a lot it was a great experience well dan i'm sure some listening tonight recognize the voice because you've also been on wrhu broadcast with what wasn't it the islanders minute you were doing during the season uh, yeah i mean um yeah, I, I did updates here and there. I I would do some of the uh, the interviews during games, so I, gu- I guess my voice was on there here and there. And I I'd also do the uh, you know I'd, again like back in the day I'd, I'd make features and those right. would air throughout the year. Actually, I did one this year when my my uh, when Grant Francis was the producer this year who did a phenomenal job. Uh, we went to St. Louis. Uh, we went to the All Star Game. We both made features for that too. Uh, so yeah, it was um you know it's uh, my my voice has been on there once or twice, and it was a great time. You know, each each time it goes on. And you and I worked behind the scenes a lot, too, when we would carry the Islander games. So that's how we got to 
form this friendship and it really has yeah. become I even have you on Twitter now. So we're real friends, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Hey, so tell us, take us through this year in general. You know, I remember nearly a year ago being at that point streak consecutive streak breaker, which they won in overtime, by the way. Um, but, but to get to that 16th game, 17th game, you could tell early on this team was going to go far. Didn't you? Wouldn't you say that? Yeah. I mean, certainly 2018, 19, after the, uh, um, the situation with John Tavares when he left and they certainly surprised a lot of people that year anyways, going to the playoffs, going to the second round with, with, you know, given the expectations they had coming into it. Uh, I mean, it just goes to show that ownership, you know, front office coaching, it really does make a difference. And based on what they were able to do last year and what they turned it into this year, especially early on when they, again, went on a 17 game point streak, uh, you, you just saw that stability was constantly there. And, this is uh this is not you know the islanders of 10 years ago this is this is not even the islanders of two years ago this is a completely new ball game and uh you know it's gonna be exciting what they do and you know next year because again they they were two wins away from the Stanley Cup final this year you know you know make a couple maybe make a couple additions here and there uh, given the salary cap you know we'll see how that works out but uh well you know it's it was uh there's a lot to be excited about right now in islanders well, I'm not mistaken, you beat the Penguins twice, and you so last year and this year. And, you know, last year, I remember the debate was, well, the Penguins are upset that they have to go to different arenas. It's like, suck it up, dude. Play play in the arena, you know? But this year, it just felt more special because of all we went through, wouldn't you say? Uh, I mean, yeah. Well, again, first of all, this Islanders season, if I'm correct, if I'm not mistaken, it lasted 366 calendar days because – Preseason began, I believe it was September 16th, 2019. And, of course, the Game 6 against Tampa this year was 17th of September. Um, So given the ending of last year, what they were able to do in the beginning of the regular season, of course, they kind of hit the slump in uh, late February, early March, before everything went down. But, you know, especially, again, how hard New York was hit Mm -hmm. in this pandemic with with, uh, all of the medical problems that that – went on with coronavirus uh this was this was nice for the people of not just new york but long island who again was, was hit pretty hard to, you know cheer about something for six or seven weeks so it was you know it was a special time especially because let's be honest none of us knew if there was going to be any sports played so this to actually feel like a regular sports night and let's be honest about this um with all these sports only a small handful like you know there's big crowds but only a percentage get to go to these games so for you and I working these games or not going as much, yeah, we missed it, but it felt like a regular just sports year following it in a very irregular year to me. Oh yeah, I mean it was I mean the setup at, uh, at RHU um was certainly certainly unique because normally oh. again we have the two studios, one goes to the commercial feed, one goes to the non-commercial feed. Um and obviously the arena is wherever they're playing that night, but of course Chris King and Greg Picker were not permitted to go to Toronto or Edmonton. So the arena was the studio in between, you know, the, the commercial and non-commercial feed. Like they were right in, in between us, in between us. So, you know, they had their two monitors. They uh, you know, had the sound effects coming from the NHL. We took right. them, we put them on the non-commercial uh, feed, and then we would send them over to the commercial feed. So it was, it was kind of the work. same thing, except the arena was in between the two studios rather than Toronto or Edmonton. <laughs> Chris King. Everly scores the goal. Is that the most excited you've heard him do a call? I mean, he was literally, if you see the video, jumping out of his chair. Yeah, no, he, he and Greg were uh, 
were certainly <laughs> certainly excited that night. Um, yeah, that, that that's got to be up there with uh, the most hyped I've seen him and or heard him rather. Um, obviously, Game Six against Florida in 2016, that was he, he went out of his mind wow. that night. Um, game Four 2013, when Sezega scored against Pittsburgh to close them out, uh, that was another one where you know he went nuts. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> to see it to see it happen. 10 feet away from you as opposed to miles away from you is, is, is certainly yeah. something. Hey, you know, that is true too. Uh, Cause I guess you have to see how they react. Um, yeah. Th- this final game was such a heartbreaker in the sense that I guess it was Pulak. Yeah. Pulak came up as the puck off the stick and it didn't go in. Um, but they, that wasn't, um, I don't know. You can't fault them for losing this. You know, even if you want that shot in, you can't fault them for trying, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, they they obviously had injuries here and there. They, they with Sezikis being out, with uh, Pellet being, uh, you know, a late scratch. Because yeah. he had what came out as the wrist issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this team, uh, given what they were able to accomplish with, you know, you know, pretty much, pretty much the same team as last year. They had obviously a couple differences here and there. They again were two wins away from the Stanley Cup final against very, very, very talented Tampa Bay Lightning roster. Who uh, right now that series with the Dallas Stars, they're tied one. So uh, you know, again, like you look on Twitter, you go on social media right now. This fan base is, has been the word I, that I, I keep seeing them using is the word proud and you know pride mm-hmm. and things like that because they're really you know proud of the uh, of what this team was able to accomplish. And again, like it's a very exciting time to be a fan of this team, and uh, I I truly believe next year they can potentially go a step further and maybe in the final. I chuckled when you said there were a couple differences because obviously the biggest one was minus JT ninety one. And well, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about last year, you know, like like guys like Filippo, and now you got Broussard, you know. That's, but yeah, obviously yeah, Broussard played a huge. But but to me, it seemed like the culture shifted when he did go to Toronto. Like the culture. And I don't know if you're friends with them and want to comment on this, but the the cultural calendar seemed to change when he left and Trotz came in. Like, I don't know. It felt like more of a team spirit rather than the John Tavares show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, again, it's once, uh, you know, Lou Amarello. Yeah. Lou. He, um, the guy's a winner for a reason. He's, he's won three Stanley cups over his tenure. He turned around the entire Toronto Maple Leafs organization Mm-hmm. Uh, when when he took over there, and he was once again able to do it here, and it's it's uh, I only expect it to go to go uh, even further because Lou is a winner. He's a winner for a reason, and you know it's and, and you really, too, Stanley Cup absolutely coach. for for sure. Oh. Um, you know they all bought in, they all bought into the system that he want they wanted uh, them to play, and uh, again you know just well uh, you know it sh- should be fun going forward. Well, and I think so. Uh, I always say that the biggest signing to me, and I think I've talked to you about this off air too, Anders Lee. Without Anders Lee, that that rock's not there, and I think he made a big difference. Having yeah, him. no, he he um, Anders is as good a leader as as you can have. He uh, he cares about his teammates. You can hear it in that that final post game press conference. He essentially couldn't even get the words out of his mouth because he was just that emotional about when when talking about his teammates. Um, you, you know, you can hear it in his voice. He really, he really has love for the guys he, he goes to war with every night. And, uh, uh, obviously he's, he's very talented as well. And, but, uh, you know, put those together, it goes a long way. 
one question mark or i mean he was solid last year but i feel like barzell really came into his own this year would you agree with that yeah i mean barzell he um he's had to to transition as a player since uh he won the rookie the rookie of the year where the calder trophy because he barzell under doug white's system was able to move around the ice at you know pretty much as he pleased it was a totally different style of hockey offense was was first priority and and he was able to to really capitalize on that but and again we you w- weren't sure what was going to happen once trots came in is he going to be able to to that system and it, he's obviously his his numbers have gone down a bit but so has so has everybody's pretty much because you know, defense priority these days yeah. you know and um yeah. uh but again i think as long as this team's winning games i don't think anybody's really going to care you know, you talk about defense, but I also noticed a lot more breakaways this year. I feel like that was a thing for the Islanders. Yeah, uh, well, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, they had some chances in the playoffs on overtime breakaways that that didn't go their way. But um, also, I mean, just again, especially when when the uh, teams at four on four and you guys you got guys like Bob Barzell and Beauvillier out there, uh, even even Brock, you know, from time to time. You know, once they uh, once they turn on the Jets, they could uh, they can make you pay uh, on. When it's open, nice gets available. Absolutely, and the passing was pretty darn good. Some people were like, "Why aren't they shooting more?" But I think they're just trying to get the right angle on a lot of shots. And you know about defense, they killed. Two, people are going to forget about this because they lost, but they shouldn't. Two four-minute penalties, back-to-back games, they kill it. That's a testament to, as you say, the defense improving. Yeah, no, they, I mean they got a lot of heart. The penalty kill wasn't uh, wasn't the strongest against the uh, the Capitals and the Panthers earlier in the series or in the playoffs, but uh, they, uh, they were, you know, they were able to pretty much rectify that once they uh, uh, had, had their battles with Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia, they were perfect on the power play. I'm pretty sure they were over Philadelphia was over 13 against the Islanders on the power play. Uh, and of course those two enormous kills against Tampa, unfortunately the second one didn't result right. in a win, but you know, the first one was, uh, which uh, pretty much led to that Everly goal later in uh, double overtime. And thank you for correcting me because I, I was trying to think. I knew they beat the Capitals, but I thought that was last year. But no, they beat the Penguins and the Capitals, elite teams. I don't care if age is a factor. They're elite. So for them to beat these two teams two sec- seasons in a row is, is a big deal. Well, I mean, again, you don't uh, you don't got to talk about age. Uh, all the, you know, When you talk about teams like that, there there was a reason those teams were uh, – the Stanley Cup champions in three straight seasons, 2016 and 17 with Pittsburgh and 2018 with Washington. You know, they're, mm-hmm. you got the, uh, the right leadership, the right guys out there. It's, you're going to, you're going to have success. And the Islanders, again, this team is, this team is an emerging uh, force in the Eastern conference. And I think it's the, uh, have to be time soon for the rest of the league to start respecting that. Cause they just, if they beat the, uh, they beat teams like Washington and Pittsburgh and it came damn close to beating Tampa. Yeah. Hey, Dan, I could tell you're very passionate about this and this team. Did you always grow up an Islander fan? And did you ever think you would be producing radio for Islanders hockey, knowing that you had this big fandom for them? Yeah, I, I mean, like I, I went to my first game in 2002. I was more of a basketball kid, though, growing up. And I like the Mets, too, here and there. But um, yeah, I, mean, I really didn't get like hooked on them until I was in middle school, which is about like I want to say 2008, you know, that, around then. Um, but yeah, I mean, since then, it's been, you know, I, I'd go to games on Friday nights after high school and, and stuff, you know, your school ID and then, and you, you know, you get $20 tickets and stuff. But yeah, it's, 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 um, I'm very blessed to have been able to have the journey I've had so far There's a lot of people to thank. Um, and, you know, I, I hope uh, the, the ride only uh, gets better from here. 
Well, if you want to thank somebody on this podcast, be sure to, because I'm, I'm open the mic to you. You're, it's all you tonight, man. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, guys like John Mullen, Bruce Avery, Chris King, Greg Picker, uh, you know, Isles PR, Kimber Auerbach, Jesse Eisenberg, Kelly, Key, you know, all these, all, all these great people. You know, there's, there's too many people to thank. It's like again, sure. everybody within Islanders Media. There's, there's so many great people to just acknowledge. You know, um, just over the years. Dan, you obviously want to get into radio at a young age too. Was play-by-play ever on your screen? Is that what you wanted to do? And uh, radio? yeah, I, I'm more so like I, I kind of more so want to do like uh, public relations and and uh, kind of like you know meet, uh, marketing and kind of go down that route. But uh, you know, broadcasting is is obviously something I, I'm very passionate about too. Uh, I when I was younger, I wanted to do play-by-play, but like I, I think I have more of an appreciation for like the reporting and uh, like technical and kind of you know content creation features aspect of it, which you know, not just radio, just like video also. I've been mm-hmm. having a lot of fun making like making some hype videos throughout the playoffs that I've been putting on Twitter and people have been, you know, very kind and you know, giving me their feedback. So that was, that was nice, but it's, um, I mean, again, I, I love the broadcasting world. It's been so much fun to, to do it the last six years for this team. Um, but it's, yeah, it's um, working in sports. If you're able to do it and, stick with it it's it, there's nothing better and you guys are very involved with the community well you guys i feel like you're part of the islanders because rhu and the islanders are pretty much partnered like that um but what the islanders do in the community you know every year they come out and support the games for the physically challenged at mitchell field and mm-hmm. they've got sparky for the kids i mean these kids 521 participate every year in the games for physically challenged and um so yeah the islanders are a big part of our our livelihoods too in the disabled community. Um, yeah. We we've had Clark Gillies, Mike Bossy come out to the sports night event, and I think JT might have been there too. Sparky definitely was in Albertson at the Henry Viscardi School. So kudos to the Islanders and PR for being so involved in the community. Yeah, I mean they they uh, and it's, uh, I mean I, I first of all I didn't even I didn't even know that like what you just said I I, I mean I I, I would just. I'm not surprised because again they they do such a great job just in general, but I uh, that's that's really cool that they uh, they did that. But um, you know, you look at some of the other uh, things they have done, and a couple of examples I can think of are like you know, John Ledecky goes to people's houses during the playoffs and uh, you know gives them free stuff and uh, sometimes gives them tickets to like to the playoff games. I remember he did that last year for the Penguin series. He gave it to uh, you know fans. Uh, I mean this team. This team really has done a, a phenomenal job of just keeping the community involved, and especially this year in the playoffs. They've, uh, they, they've I don't know if you've seen, but they've been uh, setting up like hide and not hide and go seeks, like like come and find me essentially, where they have prize packs. Like, hey, we're in we're by the Montauk Lighthouse today. Come yeah, out and, yeah. and take and, and grab some free stuff. Uh, yeah, and you know they've been giving out playoff towels and playoff signs and t-shirts and all sorts of good stuff. So they, they've been, they've been tremendous. With the community. On the radio aspect too, it seems like these guys really give their time every game to you guys. And that's important as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, they, uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun to do these broadcasts and you know, there's, uh, the Islanders are definitely, uh, they're no. definitely appreciated for, and for, I feel uh, like, for giving the opportunity. And I feel like- and the setup that you guys have, I think every other team did have. What was it like connecting to Zoom, trying to get to Trotz after his? I mean, that was a big part of this. Now getting the post game interview done, was yeah, be there. It, it was um, at first. It was kind of chaotic just because again, none of us had ever done anything like this before. 
because we'd have to get from the world feed, we'd have to get like the walk-off interview, like you know, the end of like the star of the game essentially. That like that interview would come down that, and then we'd immediately have to switch over to the uh, to the Zoom feed and and get that going. Um, and just, you know, it, it was hard sometimes to get everything all all at once. Like usually, uh, we would we would try and and get it all on our own, but like sometimes, uh, you know, Grant, who I mentioned before, he would like have a backup going on his end just, just in case we didn't get it. So we always had a safety net just in case, but. Um, like as as more of the games went on, we were uh, able to like get them all quickly. You think the NHL handled this whole thing well? I really do. I think with everything going on, they did. They're doing a great job with this whole Absolutely. stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, like they're they're the model. I mean, them in the NBA, they're the model of like what this uh, what this should be, and you know, uh-huh. like how to get these games in. And I'll, and I'll be I'll be honest. I was skeptical at first. I didn't know if it was gonna was gonna work out. Um, and I think that's fair because. Nobody knew what was gonna right how this was gonna knew. go, but it was they did, the NHL. Kudos to them; they did they did an absolutely phenomenal job. Um, just especially for the players who you know have to be away from their families for that long, uh, making sure they're comfortable. All, you know, all, all of the behind the scenes stuff, and and making sure, and from a broadcast standpoint, just making it as easy as possible on our end. Of it. So, I mean, absolutely phenomenal work by the league. Uh, and of course, they're in the community. I covered an event with them with the NHL. Gary Bettman and I talked just a month before the pandemic, and then they had to make all these decisions. It's just, you never know how fast time's going to change, and that's what happened this year for every oh, yeah. one of us. Um, Dan, you talk about how strong they are in the community, so much so, a lot of you guys did go out to MacArthur Airport to see them come home. What was that like? It was it was really good. Um, it was very, uh, I mean, it sucks that they lost, obviously. Everybody wanted them to come home with the cup, but it was, everybody was really just, happy to be there having a good time everybody cheered for the players everybody cheered for barry for lou uh, although i don't even know if, i don't even know if barry was there i don't recall but i remember lou was there he you know he was waving to everybody it was, it was uh so they couldn't come was, over right because of the social distancing stuff they yeah were- nobody nobody came near it but like um yeah you know the players were waving it was it was it was nice just to see the uh, the reaction that the fans gave them and uh look pack how many how many were there I mean, the whole team wasn't there. Uh, well, uh, fan wise, I feel like there was a lot of oh, fan wise. Showed up. Uh, I don't know, like hundred, hundred fifty, maybe. I don't know, something like that. Well, how did you guys know? Because I, you know, I didn't even see an update about this. How did you guys? Yeah, know? this this um this this team's fan base uh, somehow gets a hold of uh, information better than most. Um, where like they essentially like you know track the flight that was coming from Edmonton to. Which I I don't even know how that's done. I don't know how you even begin to find out that kind of information, but um, they uh, some they managed to do it, and uh, everybody kind of found out, and everybody was like, "Yeah, I'll go, I'll go welcome them home." They've they've uh, they've made us happy the last many months. They Absolutely. It, so round of applause. Uh, yeah, and the other thing about all this now is, I, I'll ask you when the league's going to start up again because I don't know exactly know the plans. I know they have some in place. Right. Um, but stability, right? So we've seen this team jump from arena to arena, back to the Coliseum, back to Barclays. Finally mm-hmm. now, you know, with all this going on and the success, they're going to have a permanent home. But yeah. up until then, what what is the plan? Just to stay at Nassau now, right, from now on? Yeah, I mean, the plan right now is obviously, they, I don't know if you, you saw, but there was uh, the Coliseum was going to be shuttered down because, uh, yeah, because of, 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 of all that. Yeah, and like, you know, they were doing with, with like with debt. But um, 
John Lodecki's come out and Gary Bettman's even come out and said like, no, they'll play at the Coliseum next year. No problem. Like it'll happen. Um, as far as the season starting and, and dates uh, like that, they are supposed to begin tentatively, which obviously again, this can all change, but they're supposed to begin on December 1st. Um, I don't know. Like that's, that's again, that's obviously subject to change. Everything's subject to change at this point. So um, if I had to guess, probably like late December, early January, that, that's my guess. Uh, I just, I just think December 1st is way too soon because uh, I mean, especially for the lightning of the stars, you know, they're about to get back. And then the draft is in October 6th and 7th. And then free agency is on the 9th. And then they have to have training camp like the month, you know, a month after that. So like, it's, it's going to be scrunched into just like into the, a blender if you know if they uh, they end up doing December first. Do you think they're going to do these bubbles, or how are that? Are we going back to regular arenas now? At, at this point, like, no, this, this is where like this is where I have no answers. I have no idea. Uh, I I, just, I don't. I have no clue. Um, I I know like I don't, maybe they'll do multiple bubbles. Maybe they'll just do what baseball did this year, even though that was very you know unsuccessful at points especially with the marlins and the cardinals but oh my gosh that was just but i seem i think they're making those games up and baseball you know if they had this bubble i think it would have been so much smoother but that's another conversation for for another day um and then yeah with this bubble thing though you know some some people were like why didn't they just stay in toronto for the eastern conference final did you have that question too or no I i was actually okay with that because Let's say, let's say, you know, again, they played in Toronto. Let's say Tampa still wins, and then they go to Edmonton and Dallas beats them. Um, then the question of, oh, well, they, uh, you know, Tampa had to travel all the way to Edmonton for this, and you know, Dallas didn't have to go anywhere. So, you mm-hmm. know, I, 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 I thought it was fine that they uh, had the the two Eastern teams go to Edmonton personally. Well, now that we're into that series, Lightning Dallas, uh, it's been thrilling so far. I mean, you know, the Lightning, I guess, had this non-fresh leg thing, almost like the Islanders had uh, in that game one, because they didn't have the fresh legs. Then you see what happens when they have fresh legs; they score three goals in a few minutes. Could yeah. be a game seven series with this team, with these teams. Uh, personally, I think Dallas is winning this in six. That's just me. Okay. Uh, I, I, although I, I haven't really, I haven't really, I was talking to. Sumo Araki yesterday, who was a guy I worked with uh, back in uh, back in the day at RHU for the Islanders. Uh, we were pretty much doing what we're doing now. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, I, I was telling him I haven't really been watching much of the uh, the Stanley Cup Final because even though the Mets are pretty much out of it at this point, they're still technically alive. So like I've kind of just been watching the Mets play. Uh, Alonzo did a homer. I just saw he had a homer. Is that right? That, that's, that's good. That's good. Um, no, the yeah, Mets are a funny team. I mean, they just are uh, – they seem to be a little bit all over the place. I know Jacob was raring to go last night because he wants yeah. to get that three-peat. He might very well get it too, by the way. Well, yeah, no, I mean, he's had a couple – he's he kind of had a couple of uh, tough goes the last uh, last couple starts. Uh, with you know, He had a little bit of an injury, and you know, then, of course, yesterday he uh, kind of had a, a shaky start, but you know, he obviously settled down. But, um, you know, regardless of uh, if he wins it or not, I, I – I believe we have the best pitcher in baseball still. So that's just Oh, I, I think you're right. And I, I, I think that team still hasn't given them enough run support. I mean, it just, it, it's amazing. Well, the thing. well they, they used all their run support in like the two starts he had prior to his last start or two starts. Because uh, I think they, they, scored, they scored 18 for him 
in Buffalo against the Blue right. Jays, and there was another one where they scored like 13, I want to say. Like, and these scores have been so high scoring anyway. It's been crazy. I know. Uh, but I'm I'm glad that you're doing well, and I'm glad that you're able to enjoy all this stuff. I mean, it is. How, how are you? How am I? Uh, well, you know, I'm just I I'm just glad to be back out there. So as you know, I was very cooped up here, and right. I got frustrated because I know I was like thinking long term, we're never going to get out again. This is, I, that's what the way they made it sound. But then when baseball came back, I started to get better, and now I'm back producing every day at AM and the Answer, and I'm doing this every day, and I think. One of the changes with the pandemic has been being able to find time to do this. Because um, I'm the type of person, if I don't get it out there, I'm never going to get it. I feel like I'm going to be so crammed in here that I got to get out there. So Yeah, I, I feel I you, man. All this stuff is, is important. I, I know I know Thurman's not – he's not there anymore, right, Thurman Henry? Uh, yeah, he's around. They're, oh, uh, he is. He's still here. He's training for other stuff. We just haven't had any any games yet, although having football back is huge. Um, well, tell him, tell him hi. Also, please tell uh, Matt and Tony Atwood I say hi. I definitely and obviously, I mean, And obviously those, Joe and Andy. Those felt like some uh, glory days back then, man. We'd be connected yeah. every night, and uh, Islanders would be on our airwaves. Um, and you know what's funny? I'm predominantly a Ranger fan just because I'm in New York and yeah. the Rangers. And I'm glad we have first pick, by the way. That's going to be huge. Yeah, of course. Um, but the Islanders are also easy to root for in the sense that they're a New York team. Everything with the pandemic, I feel like you just start root for it for everybody. And let's be real, we haven't had a Canadian Heroes parade in years, so I want somebody to do something, you know? Yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I'm a Jets fan uh, primarily, but I, but I, uh, New York, like football is the only sport in New York uh, where I like both New York teams. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm obviously I'm Islanders, I'm Mets, and I'm uh, I'm, I'm Knicks. But yeah. in football, like yeah. uh, the Jets are my favorite team, but I like the Giants too. And I, I remember the last time we had the parade. I remember when the Giants beat New England in 2012. I went to that parade. It was insane. Well, and, you know, Manning really helped those teams both. You know, defense was good, but Manning still had to make the passes, you know? So I don't. Oh, yeah. He, he was clutch. He was clutch. He was a huge in those role player runs. there. Yeah. Absolutely. And he, I mean, that escape. You can't not talk about the escape when you talk about Eli Manning, right? It's, it's oh, yeah. Inc- in um inseparable, I guess you'd say. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, they don't win those Super Bowls without him. No, they don't. And the defense did step up, but he just had these incredible plays. Um yeah. and as far as, you know, Knicks versus Nets, I've always said Brooklyn should stay and you know, they're gonna root for the Nets because they're there. But true New Yorkers wouldn't root for a team that came from New Jersey, I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, again, you can make the argument about uh, the Nets. They they started here. Actually, they technically started in Jersey, then they came here, then they right. went back, and then they came back again. Well, didn't you guys have Dr. J on that team in the yep. Yeah, he was. My, my mom used to go to games at the Coliseum all the time when Dr. J was playing for the Nets. And it's funny they were trying to kick that up again, um, but the pandemic hit, and I don't know what happened. They just couldn't play, but I know they tried to bring back some basketball too at the Coliseum. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. They got, I mean, they got the Long Island Nets there in the G League right now, so you know they're they're there. I don't know if fans are in or not. I don't think fans are in, but they're they're there. And the Knicks have the. It, it's just interesting to see that roots go back to them. You know, like for the Nets especially to have that team yeah. is, is out there. Now, you were spending a lot of time in the broadcast area, but when mm-hmm. you do have free time, how many games do you get to? And I know you have press passes. Do you get press passes for every sport or just the Islanders? Well, yeah, just, I mean, just the Islanders, but um, yeah. So about middle of the season, 
I um, I, I got a job with the team uh, for the for the year uh, when you know I was, I was in my final year of grad school, and I was but I was I was given a job to uh, you know work within the game operations department, which was just such a fun time. It was it was a great time. Um, I worked from uh, December thir- December fourteenth rather to March seventh, which obviously isn't a lot of time, but you know it's pretty much half the season, I guess, you know, and of course COVID happened, so I didn't really get to finish it. But, um, but during that time I was at every home game, um, you know, working and, and, but before that, uh, when I was, before I got that, that job, I, I did a couple of games for RHU on site. I did the blues game and I did the Winnipeg game, which was the second game of the year. Uh, additionally, you know, I, I would go, you know, during that time I, I tried to go to his, you know, some games here and there because it's nice to just, it was nice to just escape, uh, sure, close grad school for a bit and just, you know, take it in and see all the people you know at the Coliseum. And again, that's the thing about this fan base, everybody knows each other, you know, so you yeah. always see something you know every corner you go. Well, and that's why I was texting you. I'm like, are people out there in game one watching on a big screen? Do you know if they did any of that for any of these games or no? At the Coliseum? Yeah. Not at the Coliseum, but they, uh, I know people that did like, you know, uh, viewings on the beach. They, you know, they brought a screen nice. and we, we you know, it's, uh, we, we, um, you know, everybody around here, they did like, you know, viewing parties in like their backyards and stuff and things like that. But, but yeah, uh, so like, you know, I, I try and go to a few games at the beginning of the year and I, a couple of games for RHU and then I got my, I got the job, uh, for the year. So it was, it was a nice ride. And then of course it was nice to finish it out with, uh, doing the games over at RHU just to close out the year and pretty much my, you know, my RHU chapter. Well, I was going to say, um, I talked with Kenny Albert on the same podcast about his night of everything locking down. You know, everybody remembers that moment when mm-hmm. they canceled every sport. I, I yep. it just, I, I didn't think that would happen, but it did. I can still, I can still see Vince Carter hitting that last shot against uh, the Knicks. Right. And then, then because he retired right after that. So that was the last you know, moment. Yep. Um, and good for VC. You know, he came out, he, he went out a winner, you know, that that's who he was. But as far as the broadcasting goes, um, were you there the night that they said we're not playing anymore or were you? Watching? No, I, I was at my house. <laughs> I was at my house, uh, you know, with some friends, uh, just watching. I remember we were watching, I think it was Sacramento and I don't remember who they were playing, but there was supposed to be a game in Sacramento that night. And then like they, uh, you know, they pulled the plug on the game and everybody went home. <laughs> so yeah, you know, that, just, was the, um, that was the last I saw. I don't, I don't remember who they played. I, think, I want to say it was like Denver or somebody else. Well, and you talk about our radio station. We aired the St. John's game when they called it in the first half. And I was like, what's going on? You you can't That's be right. serious about that. But it did. That was the Garden, right? That was at the Garden. And they were yeah. playing Creighton. And first half, they did okay. And then they just said, that's it. No Seton Hall. No other Big East tournament. And, of course, the thing about it is, if you, you've not been in the city, I'm sure, during the, uh, since this whole thing happened. No, I'm, I haven't been to the city since, like, Probably since the Islanders played the Devils in New Jersey in January, because I went to I went to that game with my my friend from Jersey, um, but I was I wasn't even like outside. I was just in Penn Station. Huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it just was um, eerie because some of these places, like the bars, still have March on it. I'm like, are you serious? That's how. And then you see the billboard saying March Madness, Big East, and I'm like, oh, don't remind me of that time still. But they do because they haven't changed out the ads. So that's just. Yeah, I- that's interesting. Uh, was there any controversy? So I asked this because obviously Mike Milbury had to leave NBC for the comments that he made. 
But was there any big controversy that you could tell us that we didn't even know about or it wasn't as publicized or was it regarding pretty- regarding what? Oh, this whole playoff thing. It seems like every sport had some kind of like crisis happen during this thing. I mean, the only thing I, I can think of was is just before it all began, because uh, it went fell for me. It fell under the eth- ethical dilemma of like, should these playoffs even happen given the risks? But other than that, like nothing. I mean, they've it's been. I don't know if you know, but they, the NHL came out with a statement yesterday, I believe it was. They uh, they said uh, it's now been eight straight weeks with no positive tests in the bubbles. So, I mean, everything's been tremendous on their end. I, and know, the NFL, no positives for second week of the row for the whole team, for the whole league, which is amazing to me. Yeah, I, I, I think they had one. Like one positive. I think they had one positive test like last week. I don't remember... Uh, I think that's I think that's I don't know I think that's correct but I'm not sure but point is again they've been tremendous uh, tremendously successful and again meanwhile the Miami Marlins and the St Louis Cardinals had like half their team just oh. plagued. And remember now that affected coaches who are older so we didn't know what was going to happen with that. Oh yeah. Dan, the other thing about this whole thing, <clears throat> which was in a time where we're saying don't hug each other, don't touch each other, now you're saying don't trick or treat on Halloween. Um, they were fighting. I'm like, they allowed fighting in the NHL with all this. I was kind of shocked, but it was interesting to see that in the pandemic. Yeah, well, again, as long as long as everyone was tested negative, you know, and they're they're not going anywhere, then you know, let them go. And you know that walk line. It was only a matter of time before they just took off the gloves and shook each other's hand. I mean, to really piss a fist bump would have been stupid. You know, you shake hands on the on the handshake line. That's what you do. Yeah, no, I mean, in society right now, I'd say no, but in the NHL bubble where everybody's tested and everybody's test negative, I'll say, I'll say yes. Well, Dan, this has been really cool, and I'm glad we finally got to do this. It's It's been a while, but I'm glad we finally got to connect here. This has been fun. And so, yeah, yeah man, since you are a big follower of the sports, I just got to say any predictions you want to make on the other sports right now. I mean, we've got the Lakers, Nuggets, Nailbiter Game 1. Uh, AD hitting that three. What, what time is it? Is it nine? That game's soon, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit. I, I guess so. I haven't followed this closely, but yeah, it's it's around. So it's nine thirty, right? I want to say. Yeah, they're not now actually. They're yeah. I'll, I'll watch. Oh, it's on now. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go watch that in a bit. But yeah, I, I I'm all in on the Lakers this year, man. Like I don't I don't think they can be stopped. Um, I think. I mean, like I want to say Boston comes back against Miami. We can get that Lakers Celtics finals, but I I think Miami. That is uh, amazing. You know, the Celtics, yeah. obviously they had some loss. They lose Kyrie to the Nets. They've just had some – it's not your Ray Allen Nets it's not, uh, Celtics or Rondo Celtics. It's a very different team. But um, you thought they were – I'm still mad at Boston for getting rid of Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, I yeah. That see, you're more into it than I am, so I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't uh, know that one. But then, of course, the Raptors making it again but couldn't repeat. Um, losing their big guy, of course, in the – you know, I think he went down to um, San Antonio, if I'm not mistaken. But... No, he was from San Antonio, and uh, they went to Toronto. And now he's with the Clippers. Sorry, the Clippers. Yeah, this is. Uh, it's uh, it, you can tell it's, a guy makes a difference on the team. So, yeah. and then baseball, as you say, the Mets are on the cusp. Yanks are in. Um, Keep going, but, baby. What? Keep going. Yeah, that whole. Did you ever think, as a Mets fan, you'd ever see them sold <laughs> in your lifetime? Oh uh, yeah. I don't want to think about it. I just want it to happen. That's all I want it to happen. Well, yeah, and and, and it's happened. And uh, actually, Cohen is like a billions figurehead. He was like named out. He, that's the character. But you know what? 
if he runs the team, no one's going to care about that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, it should be, should be exciting for the Mets. And so I'm I'm glad that you, because uh, when we talk, it's only about hockey, so I don't know the scope of what you're following, but it's good that you have a, a wider range of it. So that's cool. Yeah, I've even, I've even started watching soccer since that was the first sport to come back. Right, yeah, the MLS was back. I don't know what NYCFC is, but I know they're playing. Yeah, not, not even just that. I've been watching Chelsea. Like that's you know, my my buddies. Uh, some of my friends are Chelsea fans. They made me watch the team. So. And we're, we're forgetting, fan, I guess. Chris King does Ducks baseball. That's a huge loss for him this year. But thank God they had. Hockey. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's truly un- yeah. It's, I don't know if you've ever been to a game there, but it's a lot of fun to go oh see the you know, Ducks game. It's very very intimate. It's a lot of it's a great time. Buddy Harrelson has invited my had invited my dad out for years, so we'd always go. Then I do public address work at I guess it's going to be a uh, game now, um, not Beth Page Ballpark anymore. But I would do announcing of an All Star game yeah. from an outside contract. It was very cool. So I love that feel. Oh, nice. Um, and I didn't meet Chris King there. Interestingly enough, I met him at uh, Barclays Center when they were doing the games there. So solid, yeah. no, he's solid, great guy, great guy. And uh, someone even, I'm sure, off off mic, you know, you can learn from for sure. Yeah, not without a doubt. He's uh, the ultimate professional. And then, uh, all right, so let me ask you this. I'm going to ask my guests. Firstly, what's next? I know you're in the grad stuff. You, you graduate. What's next for you? Yeah, I mean, right now, obviously, the job market's a little scarce, as we all know. Um, but right now, you know, I'm just trying to, like, brush up on my skills, just, you know, refine uh you know some of my uh, things i'm already uh i guess accustomed to doing and just uh just keep getting better and just wait for the uh the job market to open back up again because it's like it's not very easy right now with, with all that but you know I'm, I'm staying positive in the meantime that that's what you got to do and then one thing that people that know you but one thing they don't know about you that that maybe you've never shared before um I know every NBA Finals winner and Finals MVP, like by memory. That's just something I've always known. Are, are you a reincarnation of Naismith? I feel like my, uh, Naismith would know all of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, a- no, I, I was that was always like something I was I had fun doing in like elementary school. And of course, Last Dance got us through March, didn't it? What's that? The Last Dance documentary got us through March. I mean, what a series that was. Yeah, no, for sure. That was, you know, it's uh, always fun to hear old stories about, you know, the, uh, the teams back in the day. Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, you and I in the 90s, that was all we saw on TV because they were only Chicago-driven. It was the Bulls felt like 24-7, to be honest with you. Uh, I can't really speak much on the 90s considering I was born in 96, so I didn't really get to see much. But uh, but I'm certainly certainly aware of, uh, you know, the uh, the woes the Knicks had at the uh, the hands of the Chicago Bulls. So, but uh, and then that's yeah. the Pacers woes against against them. I mean, it just yeah. one team after the other. Miami, Miami as well. They did beat Chicago. I didn't know this to get to the final against Houston. I didn't know that was who they beat until I saw the series. So there yeah, you go. no, ninety four. So there you go. All right, Dan. Well, thanks for joining me, man. And and come back uh, when the season's over and when we know more about the next one. Give us a preview. Sounds good, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. It was, it was a lot of fun. I'm happy to have uh, come on. And we can follow you at Hansonator on Instagram. What's your that's your Instagram? And what's your Twitter? Uh, well, Instagram it's uh, Hansonator three two nine H A N S O N A T O R three two nine, and then and on Twitter it's at Savant Sports S A V A N 
S-P-O-R-T-S. Well, I'll get people to follow you there, and uh, I will send your goodwill wishes to Joe and Andy and the guys at the office. So I'll definitely Sounds good. Give my, give my best. Will do. That was Dan Hansen. I'm Alex Garrett. Another edition of Alex Garrett Podcasting in the books. We'll talk to you soon.